When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Bita TV. Embrace your true nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinero on this Tuesday, February 1st. It is one minute past 10 p.m. Eastern. How you doing? I hope you're doing good. If you're watching live on YouTube, on Facebook, or on Twitter, I hope you tell your friends about it and tell them that the podcast is pretty sick because the sick army is growing slowly but surely with each passing hour, with each passing day. The Montreal Canadiens, of course, are still off, but the Montreal Canadiens will be back in action this weekend, Super Bowl weekend, when they host the New York Islanders and Bo Horvat, fresh off an eight-year deal at $8.5 million a year signed a couple of days ago with the Islanders, and they'll host the Islanders on Saturday, and they'll host Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday. If you were listening to me earlier today on BPM Spa, 91.9 on your FM dial out of Montreal, or you had a chance to watch me earlier tonight with Jean-Charles Lajoie on GEC at TVA Spa, you know that uh, Connor McDavid's name came up on more than one occasion today. And it will come up again tonight on the podcast. Usually, Eric Engels is a regular contributor. He usually joins us on Monday nights. But seeing as my buddy Jeremy Filosa was in South Florida for the NHL All-Star Weekend and CF Montreal opened up their Florida part of their camp. Didn't open up their uh, preseason camp because it had opened up about three weeks prior to that in Montreal. But they've moved their camp to Florida for the next three weeks where they're going to play Four games as they prepare for their opening game, which is going to take place, of course, in Fort Lauderdale versus Inter-Miami. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by La Bit à TB. I talked about them yesterday, and I told you that it was a new beer that we were going to talk about. Uh, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bit à TB offers uh, quality microbrewery beers 
made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature. And this is what the can looks like, okay? In case you're wondering, it, it's actually three colors. And uh, this one here is the 5%. And then there's another one, which I believe is 5.25. And there's another one, which is a little bit stronger than that. But I got the 5% there. And there you have it. It's also, the SIG podcast is also brought to you in part by Lacash. If the last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacash. The menu will surprise you. And brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. They are Energy Transportation Group. We're trying. We're going to try to bring you the next hour full of energy while we talk Montreal Canadiens and talk a couple of things, National Hockey League as well. And do we have Eric Engels? Yes, I've been told that we do. Uh, and there you, there you have it. In a different lighting tonight, Mr. Engels. A, li- a different lighting. It's probably just the angle. Yeah, it, it is just the angle, as a matter of fact, because the way I'm seeing the portrait behind you, it's on a different angle tonight than uh, than usual. But you know what? It's kind of cool because you kind of look at like you're coming in like a, in a in a black and white type of thing, and you, you know when you when you take pictures when you take pictures, you know not every color picture is a nicer one. Some of them are nicer in black and white. And tonight, the fact that you're kind of like in black and white, it's a little bit different. It's actually it's pretty cool to tell you the truth. It's pretty cool. Am I going to offend people by suggesting Connor McDavid is the best hockey player of all time? What do you think? Uh, I don't think you're going to offend anyone, and I'd love to pick up on this. I had quite the conversation this morning, and everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I respect everyone's opinion. Safe to say that myself and Jean-Charles Lajoie, who I'm a collaborator on his radio show at BPM Spa and on his TV show at Tivia Spa, it's safe to say that he and I were not on the same page when it came to Connor McDavid this morning. And the conversation, Eric, wasn't even supposed to start there. Uh, we we're going to talk about Matthew Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk coming off a five-point night 24 hours ago. And I was just going to say that when that trade went down between the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames, there's a large portion of the hockey world that thought that Calgary won the trade, and maybe one day they will because Calgary received Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, a prospect, and a conditional first-rounder in 2025. That's a lot. Florida received a draft pick, which I think was a third or fourth-rounder, and Matthew Kachuk. Some people thought that just Kachuk for Huberto straight up Calgary won the deal. But Matthew Kachuk is not only so much better than Jonathan Huberto this year, um, Matthew Kachuk's got 24 points up on Alexander Barkov. He plays on the same team as him. Barkov centering the first line, and Barkov's one of the best players in hockey. Like, Kachuk is on fire, right? So I started talking about that, saying, hey, you know what? I think a lot of people thought that it was a one-sided deal for Calgary when it was done. But right now, if you have to name a winner, you have to say the winner is Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers. And Jean Charles said, well, yeah, but a year ago they were in the playoffs with Huberto, and a year later they're not in the playoffs with Kachuk. And I said, well, 
clearly that's not Matthew Kachuk's fault, right? He's got 71 points. He's doing everything he can. Maybe it's the other guys that have to pick up their game. And, and then he said something to the effect of, well, it's just like Connor McDavid, right? He can pick up all the points that he wants, but he's not a winner. And I said, what do, what, do, what do you mean he's not a winner? And he said, well, he's never won the Stanley Cup. And I said, no, he hasn't. Not yet. I mean, up until a year ago, Nathan McKinnon wasn't a winner either, but he won. And he goes, no, no, no Nathan McKinnon is a winner because Nathan, Nathan McKinnon isn't selfish. Connor McDavid's selfish. And I said, well, no, he's not. And then he said, yes, he is. And then he said he doesn't have enough influence within his organization to make sure that the right things are done for the team. And I said, well, what are you telling me? You want him to play GM or you want him to play left winger and right winger and defenseman and goalie too? Anyway, he's not a fan. Like he was, he was saying like, you know, if I'd have to draft him, yeah, I draft him, but he's not a winner. Anyway, he and I vehemently disagreed on that. And uh, we've been talking about Connor McDavid, you know, pretty much all day long. But I mean, for me, and I love, and, and we'll pick up on what you just said, Eric. For me, Connor McDavid is by far the best player in hockey. And right now, there's nobody even close. Well, what I had said is he's the best player of all time. And he's never going to touch Gretzky's records. And he's um, he's never going to put up 215 points in a season, although he's looking like he could put up two points a game in an era where that would have been thought impossible. Um, and I think Gretzky himself would agree that Connor McDavid is a better hockey player. And up until a couple of years ago, I still had Sidney Crosby as the best player that I had ever seen. Um, I'm a big believer that as the game evolves and as the equipment evolves and as the players evolve, that it's hard to look back in time and suggest that somebody else is better. Um, you know, my father would have argued that Bobby Orr was the greatest player of all time. And up until the point that Bobby Orr had stepped into the National Hockey League, he be, quickly became the greatest player of all time. And then, you know, things evolved beyond Bobby Orr. And, and you know, like it's the same. Uh, do I think that Andre Vasilevsky will ever be able to accomplish what Ken Dryden did in his career? No. Do I think that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender I've ever seen and arguably the best goaltender of all time just based on what he's been able to do? It's hard for me to argue against that. You know, when I watch Carey Price play at the peak of his abilities, I had never seen a goaltender that was better than him. And I, I believe that about Forsberg when he came into the game, that I had never seen a player play like him before, and I thought he was the best player I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I believe that about Crosby. And I believe that about McDavid now. I think Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player that we have ever seen. And as far as the argument is concerned as to whether or not he's a winner, um, even with me saying that I think he's the greatest hockey player of all time and the greatest one I've ever seen, I don't think he can win on his own in Edmonton. I don't even think him and Dreisaitl can win on their own in Edmonton. They could take them as far as they possibly can, but... At the end of the day, this is a team sport. It's more of a team sport than just about any one of them out there. You could argue football, but the quarterback, I think, has even more control over what happens to a football team than any one hockey player can possibly have, and that's just been proven over mm -hmm. time. And the only guys that can really make the ultimate difference are the guys who don't who don't have the capability of scoring 164 points in a season or 215. Yeah. They're the guys who stop those guys. So it's like... I don't buy into that argument. Although, if you look at my record in voting for the awards, it's it's been hard for me to vote an MVP that's missed the playoffs. But I'll tell you right now, 
if Connor McDavid's Oilers, for whatever reason, went into a tailspin and missed the playoffs this year, he he is already locked up, and we're not supposed to share this. Yeah. He's already locked up my heart trophy vote. I mean, it's just I insane what he's doing. Hey, you and I are going to have a good conversation tonight, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I don't think what you said is a crazy opinion. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think a lot of people are going to agree with you. Um, I am not, but it's not one of those that I can fight you until I'm blue in the face, right? Because I believe uh, that even though I don't agree with it, like I'm close to agreeing with it. So let me explain. Uh, and I'm going to preface it by saying you're someone who believes that as the game evolves, I'm I'm someone who believes that, you know, um, the players we used to see in this game, we don't have anymore. And I'm someone who believes that the 1987 Canada Cup is the best hockey I've ever seen in my life. And we're never going to see hockey like that again. Right. Those who grew up in the 60s or in the 50s will tell you that the 72 Summit Series was probably the best hockey they ever saw in their lives and that Bobby Orr was probably the best hockey player they ever saw in their lives. So I'm going to give you a couple of opinions right now. At his very best, best on best, I think Dominic Kasich is the most dominant goaltender of all time. I think Patrick Waugh arguably had the best career of any goaltender of all time in terms of uh, four cups. Then again, you know, Ken Dryden won six cups in eight years, but I don't think that Henri Richard, who won 11 cups, is the best player of all time either. So I value championships, but to a certain point. So I believe Dominic Kasich at his very best was the most dominant goaltender of all time. And I believe that Wayne Gretzky at his very best was the most dominant player of all time. Having said that, I think there's things that McDavid can do that Gretzky could not do. Gretzky never had that speed and Gretzky never had that ability to beat a player one-on-one. What I think Gretzky had though, which I've never seen anyone come even remotely close to is the ability to make everyone around him better. A player who had eyes in the back of his head, who can see the play developing. If a players, if players could probably see the play developing a second before Gretzky, I think saw it three seconds before And when I talk to you about that Canada Cup, I mean, in that Canada Cup 1987, Wayne Gretzky was the best player in the tournament and Mario Lemieux was the best scorer in the tournament. So I'm going to go with Gretzky being the greatest of all time. I don't think Gretzky would have put up the numbers that he put up if he played in today's game, but I do still think it would have been the best. It's funny that you gave the opinion that you gave because Connor McDavid probably would have put up 200 points when Lemieux was putting up 199 and Gretzky put up 212 and 215. But um, and, and in terms of and like you might like yeah. maybe you transplant Gretzky into today's game with the same evolution in training, nutrition, equipment, and the quality of players around him and suggests he has the same career and ends up being head and shoulders above everybody else the way McDavid is right now. That's totally fair. I, I, I You know, the, the main criteria for me is not just the evolution. It's a combination of the evolution of the game and the evolution of equipment and all those things and nutrition and, and physique and all that. But it's also um, just somebody doing something that is so unprecedented, like in terms of what, what you see from them. And you're right. Like when we saw Hasek come into the game, we had never seen anybody like him before. He he and Hua was a revolutionary. I mean, Hua changed the position. He just changed the way the game is played. 
yeah from that from that position and price you know at his peak i'd never seen a goalie that was better than price when price was at his peak because his efficiency of movement his ability to anticipate and his ability his patience to not rely on that anticipation in an era where you couldn't play like Hasek. You know, I, I I had a conversation with Carey Price and I, and one with Dominic Hasek too for a piece I did on Carey Price when he was at his peak. And I remember talking to Carey and being like, you know, could, do you ever like show like the way Patrick did, show glove and take it away or show five hole or blocker side like Hasek did and take it away? And he said, I can't do that in today's game because third and fourth liners shoot as well as first and second liners. Mm-hmm. Like when I watched Vasilevsky play over the last number of cup runs, like are you like could could somebody really tell me that they've seen a better goaltender than that? Like he's he was on another planet. I mean, yeah. it was and and playing behind arguably the best team for the last five years, but like without him and with yeah. just about anybody else in net, I I don't think they win. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a age old argument, and I think there's a, many different angles to attack it from. If people want to say that Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player of all time, I don't think that I could come up with a cohesive, fact based kind of argument that would battle that. I think but he's got sixty one individual records, right? It's going to be hard to argue otherwise, uh, right? Sixty two of them, right? Like yeah, Connor McDavid, like Sidney Crosby before him plays the game in a way that nobody has ever played it before. Same way Bobby Orr, before both of them and before Gretzky, yeah, and- came into the game and played the game in a way that nobody ever had before. And same way a guy that not a lot of people would put in that same category, but I would, is Peter Forsberg. Yeah. I've never seen a, a, a player play the game the way he did when he yeah. played at his peak. So Jagger, uh, Jagger was not too shabby either. I'm going to oh, say this about Connor McDavid to the comment that Connor McDavid's not a winner, okay? Um, if you're going to tell me Kane is a winner, Taves is a winner, Keith is a winner, like Taves is a winner, Kane is a winner. Uh, pardon me, let me say that again. Taves is a winner, Kane is a winner, Crosby yeah, is a winner. They were and, all lucky and, to play with each other. Malkin's a winner. Correct. They're, yeah. You're right. They're all winners. But now let's do this. And it's a hypothetical, and we'll never know the answer to this. But I really believe, and I strongly believe in my heart of hearts, that if Connor McDavid would have been playing on a team that had drafted Marc-Andre Fleury, had drafted Christopher Letang, had drafted Evgeny Malkin, and had drafted Connor McDavid instead of Sidney Crosby, let's say, even though they're different draft years. Okay, just try and understand what yeah, I'm they saying. They have as here, many okay? rings as each other. You sure. know what? I, I, I'm convinced that, that McDavid would have won his cups the way Crosby yeah. won his cups. I'm going to say this. If Connor McDavid played in that Chicago team, um, with a Patrick Kane or with a Jonathan Taves, one or the other, and played with a Duncan Keith and played with a Brent Seabrook and played with a Dustin Bufflin and played with a Charmelson, I'm convinced that Connor McDavid would have won Stanley Cups with but the uh, with so the let's uh, not go let's not go back to Chicago go, Blackhawks too. Let's let's go to right now, and I, I could be proven wrong, perhaps even by the end of this year. But I want to say that I think the Edmonton Oilers and Ken Holland are both the luckiest people and the least lucky people in the NHL in that the pandemic hit, the cap went stagnant, and they couldn't build out the depth of the hockey team the way they'd like to with McDavid and Dreisaitl earning what they're earning. 
and more McDavid than Drysaddle because Drysaddle has a pretty friendly deal until his comes up. Yeah, and I say friendly considering what he's been able to do. But I'm looking at that team right now, and I, I know there's a lot of Oilers fans that would be mad at hearing me say it, and I know there's a lot of people that would disagree, and there's a lot of people even at, at my network that suggest that the Oilers will make the Stanley Cup final this year and potentially win. I don't believe they will ever win with what they have. And and that's with a player that I'm suggesting is the greatest player of all time that we're watching right now put together a season in this era of hockey. And I know there's, I don't know, 10 players or 12 players, whatever it is, that are on points for 100 points. Yeah. This guy's uh, on pace for 100 points. This guy, knowing that and the fact that he's 60 points ahead of them in terms of his pace, like, I don't believe that they have a team that is structured to win the Stanley Cup. I do not no, believe they, that their Aaron, investment on the blue line in nets yeah. and in their depth is, is and I'm saying this, I don't think it's Ken Holland's fault either. I the, the money has not been growing from a cap perspective that would enable them to fill out the depth the way they need to in order to win. Eric, so long I think as they are structured right. the way they are, I don't think they will. Maybe I'll be proven wrong Th- by the end of the year. People could call me an idiot, and that's fine, yeah. but I don't think they will. Think about this. Sidney Crosby was drafted first in his draft year. Patrick Kane was drafted first in his draft year. Connor um, um, Nathan McKinnon was drafted first in his draft year. Alexander Ovechkin was drafted first in his draft year. Take all these great players who all won cups, okay? Crosby, Ovechkin, uh, Nathan McKinnon. Take all these players. Take Crosby, take McDavid out of the equation in Edmonton. And put Crosby there all these years with the supporting cast that McDavid had, or put Ovechkin, or put Steven Stamkos, or put Nathan McKinnon, all guys that were drafted first overall and won Stanley Cups, they would not have won in Edmonton. It's hypothetical. We'll never know. But if I could look into a crystal ball, I would bet my life that they wouldn't have won with that team, with that supporting you, cast. If you wanted to argue what I'm saying about Edmonton, you know, maybe some Oilers fans would look at some of those blue lines that the Penguins had and say, well, you know. But those were un- underrated blue lines that played within the structure that they were looking to have. You know, they, they weren't amazing puck movers, but what they did do was play within the system and move the yeah. puck very fast going north. And, and the goaltending was pretty unbelievable and that's what it took for them to win if you especially go back through the early years where they were playing detroit who was a good enough team to win and beat everyone let me ask you a question we'll turn the tables here which team is built better edmonton or toronto it's a good question i think toronto's built better i don't think there's any question that toronto's built better i think if you had to pick a team that you thought would go to the stanley cup final this year between those two, and you were forced to make a hefty bet. You'd be you'd, like, it's a crazy thing because Toronto has made it out of the first round. Yeah, but I bet on the way they're. Yeah, Toronto. Toronto is any uh, day over Toronto's the way Edmonton. And we got the team, Eric. We got to stop with the whole championship thing, too. Okay, Marcel Dion never won a Stanley Cup, but his brother Gilbert did. Okay, so Marcel is just as much a winner as anyone else. I mean, for me, if you make it to the National Hockey League, you're already a winner in life, period. Okay, Um, Jeremy Roenick, the great the great Gilbert Perot never won a Stanley Cup. He was a fantastic player. And guess what? 
if the Boston Bruins don't end up trading Ray Bork to the Colorado Avalanche, Ray Bork wouldn't have won a Stanley Cup. I actually really like, I actually like really like Jeremy Roenick in this category. Like I'm not looking, I don't have his stats on hand right now, but he was an awesome playoff player also. Like a great clutch player. Yes. Great clutch player. Great clutch player. Yes. I'm just saying like he never won the cup. No, no. Uh, there's a, okay. Uh, we'll move on, uh, because there's like four or five topics I want to get to very, very quickly if we can. And, and then I'll let you enjoy your, your Tuesday night. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, let's bring up this picture posted by his girlfriend on social media. Uh, they're vacationing down South and here you go. Uh, there's Brendan Gallagher. I'm assuming you want me to focus on the boot and not the fanny pack and everything uh, else that's going on. Yeah. Okay. So he wears the fanny pack. Eh? All right. So yeah, on the boot, walking <laughs> boot for Brendan Gallagher. So uh, look, we knew it was a foot injury, but there you have it, the walking boot. Uh, yeah, I guess that's news for you guys. And maybe it's upsetting that it's not for me or for any of the reporters that are on the beat, but we've been seeing him walking in that boot for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, like I'm not, I'm not huge on the whole injury stuff like reporting injuries it's a weird place to be in i'm not suggesting it's not an important part of the job we are reporters we we should be reporting what we see in this and that but the team comes out and says it's a lower body injury or it's a you know some other people have said it's a it's an ankle injury or what like do i what else am i going to contribute to that that i need to say that i've seen him in walking around in a boot for three weeks i mean that's it seems pretty obvious he's not he's his they have a timeline he's out for i think they said two months right so yeah yeah i mean it'll heal up and he'll be back and hopefully he doesn't re-injure it because clearly he tried to play through whatever injury it was and that that either made it worse or didn't work so i I remember once i reported that andre markov had a torn acl and the canadians uh came out and said it wasn't true and so then I had to go into specifics after yeah, that. It turns out he had two of them. Uh, oh, yeah, he definitely <laughs> did. All right. Uh, speaking of injuries, Sean yeah. Monaghan. Uh-huh. We've talked about a setback. What are you hearing? The Canadians are hopeful he'll be back on the ice soon. Whether or not he will be is we'll find out. You know, like it's, you know, they're hoping that he can come back prior to the deadline and play a strong sample of games. Um, if it, if that was completely off the table, I think we would have heard about it by now. They're certainly being very guarded with the information. You know, they said that they would provide an update by the end of the week, and now uh-huh. it's into the next week because it's the bye week, and you know they don't have much incentive to say much of anything on that subject. Um, I don't know if they're as private with teams that call and say what's the deal with Monahan, but right now, you know, I think. They're in protective mode, protection of the asset and protection of the player too and his reputation and what he'll be able to accomplish coming off of this injury uh, and, and for his future. I think, you know, the Canadians, when you look at their management group, um, you know, Ken Hughes is a former agent. Gordon worked in New York and is known as a particularly private, quiet dude. And... You know, I think they see the whole injury thing as like, you know, we're transparent on virtually everything, but this is something that we're not necessarily going to change. And maybe that'll frustrate people in my position and some reporters, and I know it certainly will. Um, Maybe it'll frustrate some of the fans who want more clarity on those issues. But I think the way they see it is like, 
too bad. You know, like if there's some things that we're not going to tell you about what's going on with our players and yeah, that's just the way it is. I can, you know what, even though we, every now and then we make a big deal out of it, I can understand uh, wanting to not divulge injuries because you want to protect the player. Really? I can't. Okay. It's uh, easy to understand their perspective on it, whether of course course. it's also easy to understand. We want more. We want to know. Like, what's the deal with Monad? What's the deal with Gallagher? Why are they out this long? What are they going to be? You know, we all want to know. We, we want to have the answers, but it's very easy to understand why they don't want to provide them. Yeah. So we'll see if anything ever changes on that front. But I, I get the feeling like I look at Kent. He's a former agent, and he probably would have been saying, I don't want anybody knowing what's going on with my players. And if they don't want it out there, then I certainly don't want to be the person telling. And I look at, Jeff Gordon, who's, you know, old school, quiet type of guy. And like, I, I could, I see the incentive it's, and I don't think you need to break down the characters of either guy to, to understand why they want to keep these things hush hush. And, you know, unfortunately for them, there's a lot of us around and we're going to find out and we're going to put it out there here and there, but you know, it's, you hope they could be as accurate as possible with their timelines that they do provide and what the injuries are and whatever information they do provide. It's, it's, it gets a little murky when, you know, like one day Joel Edmondson has an upper body, a lower body injury. And the next day it's, Oh, it's an upper body injury. Then it's, you know, then it's okay. Like, can we get like a straight answer? Like you may not give us the details, but let's get a straight answer. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Lebrun says he's hearing uh, Edmonton and Los Angeles for Joel Edmondson. George Larac, who's a regular contributor right here on the Sick Podcast, joined this last week, and he admitted that he uh, told the Edmonton Orders what he thought of uh, Joel Edmondson as a player and his health status over the last couple of years. He believes he's damaged goods, and he believes he's on a downward spiral of his career. So he basically told the Edmonton Orders, buyer beware. So, But the Orders, uh, they're out there, and my question to you is, do you see Joel Edmondson going to the Edmonton Oilers anyway? Do you see him going to the Los Angeles Kings with Mark Bergevin whispering in Rob Blake's ear, hey, by the way, I went to get this guy and he helped me a lot in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, or is Joel Edmondson not being traded at the deadline? Well, listen, I I, I mean, I'd go back to November in terms of, you know, and I, I, I wrote on this subject that Edmonton and Joel Edmondson is a thing. I mean, and, and it's definitely been discussed and it, it is going to continue to be a thing until Joel Edmondson's either a part of the Montreal Canadiens or isn't come trade deadline. And ultimately, it's all going to come down to whether or not he can come back healthy soon. Um, you know, people are aware of what his injury status is and what it has been for the last couple of years. And there is a buyer beware tag on him that they're concerned. I would also say that if he's able to come back healthy soon, everything I said about the Edmonton Oilers, if they decide to trade for him, um, you know, that's a move that if I were in their shoes, that I think would bolster their chances to actually win. Uh, It might change some of the comments I made earlier that they're never going to win if they don't add those types of players. And that's because I I, I really He's a playoff player. Edmondson's a playoff player. He's a playoff player. He's a culture player. He's a guy who brings people into the fight. He's a guy who will not ruffle the feathers coming into a group, but if anything, bolster the tightness of the group. He's a great teammate. And he's a guy that players do not enjoy playing against. He's a physical, huge guy who makes his presence felt on the ice. 
And especially think, in the playoffs when refs don't call as many penalties as they do in the regular season. I also think opinions on his play from Montreal Canadiens fans and people who watch the Montreal Canadiens are really lacking the context of his season for one that he started trying to catch a moving train having missed the first while of the season Uh Uh, but more importantly that he was paired with a different rookie on a nightly basis and the guy playing their offside and him having to be a stabilizing force and playing above the role that he would be in to whatever team he gets traded to like this guy the scouts know exactly what he is and what he can be if he is healthy yeah and they know the value for a potential playoff run now they have to see if he's going to be healthy and that he can yeah. stay healthy before they make that type of gamble. Edmonton. He's on a below makes- average team. He's not going to look great other, you know, besides the reasons on top of the reasons that you gave, he's on a below average team. Yeah. They, the, the 2021 run is not that far out of view or focus for anybody who'd be interested. Edmonton makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I, I didn't read what Pierre said. It's been an off week. Um, I don't doubt it for a second. Los Angeles makes a ton of sense considering their need for left-handed defensemen and uh, Bergevin being there and knowing what Edmondson is all about. Uh, Rob Blake being a former defenseman of that ilk with much more, albeit much more offensive ability, but a real physical edge to him in size um, would understand the value of that for a playoff run. And they've got room to burn and a team that's up and on the rise. And so two years with Edmondson, two runs, makes a lot of sense. There's Those are not the only two teams that if, for whatever reason, Edmondson could get healthy and, and back into the lineup soon, that would be interested in his services. And, you know, good position for Kent Hughes to be if all that happens because mm-hmm. the fact is he doesn't have to trade him at this deadline. He can wait until he gets what he wants for that player before trading him and it may not come at this deadline given the concerns about the injury last one on the night in 30 seconds if we can if the canadians do make a deal with the edmonton orders and joel edmondson is going to edmonton knowing that the canadians not only like draft picks but they also like prospects they've talked about liking prospects because they believe it can accelerate a rebuild and out of the prospects that they'd like to have they'd like to go out and acquire prospects who are former first round picks do you think that Gordon and or Hughes believe that a change of scenery uh, going to Montreal could be good for Yessi Pugliarvi? Yes or no? And why? 30 seconds. He'd be the money thrown into the deal to come back. He wouldn't be the appealing prospect, uh, new life in Montreal that they'd be looking for in a deal for Joel Edmondson. They would need a future asset, whether it's a top prospect or a first round pick, whether it's uh a protected one in 2023 or a 2024 first round pick coming with that type of player. Um, you know, Puyarvi helps even the money a little bit because they're not looking to eat money on Joel Edmondson's contract if they trade him out the door. And Edmondson, uh, and Edmonton, sorry, saying those two things together is a little tricky. Edmonton would have to move some money out the door to make it work. But if you're asking me if the Canadians are looking at Yesi Puyarvi and saying, okay, this is the prospect that we trade Joel Edmondson straight up for. No, he'd be the throw in to the deal. And if it ends up that he can turn around his career and change the scenery and become something different under Marty St. Louis, which, you know, mm-hmm. sure, that's that's possible. I wouldn't consider it to be probable given what we've seen from Puyarvi so far. Um, no, like that's not what it is. Yeah. But, but would he potentially be involved in that deal if Edmondson goes to Edmonton? I think there's there's a good chance 
that he would be one of the pieces in a deal like that. I don't want to get quoted as saying, I'm saying the Canadians are trading for Jesse Pujarvi. I'm just, if you put the the numbers together, you start to realize something's got to come back and that's a player that they don't really have a need for on their roster. And one that the Canadians, looking at it from an asset management perspective, it doesn't exactly kill them to take him back along with whatever else they're getting in that deal if they make it. So I, that that scuttlebutt is not going to die down. There will continue to be talk about Edmonton and Edmondson because it goes back to what I said about having the best player in the world and probably, in my view, the best player of all time and not being able to win if you don't have some grit on that blue line uh, that fits with some of the other pieces that they have. Like They, they need something like that, whether it's Joel Edmondson or some of the other names that are similar on the market. Thanks, Eric. We'll talk to you again next week. Mon plaisir. All right. There you have it. Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. I am Marinero. It is the Sick Podcast. I want to bring in, uh, if we can, actually a quick shout out to Matrix Home Fitness and MatrixHomeFitness.ca. I have the uh, the treadmill. I have the rower. Uh, and yellow has the elliptical, among other things. You can bring it home. We did discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home and visit matrixhomefitness.ca. And clearly with the players off and their next game on Saturday and uh, Sunday, uh, you would think that the players have been uh, doing a little bit of cardio and on their treadmill, uh, probably if not at home, maybe at the resorts, because a lot of them, a lot of them are down south. I want to bring in yellow and Sammy if we can, which I haven't talked to them in a while. Right, so, well, I mean, I saw in yellow earlier today. We went for a uh, we went for a coffee and we went for a salad. Uh, it's hard to believe that both you and I went for lunch today and we had a salad, but we did have a salad, correct? Correct. I was going to have a sandwich. You told me to have a salad, and we had a salad. Okay. Uh, look, I know uh, Sammy. How you doing, buddy? Very, very good. Thank you very much, <laughs> Sammy. How you doing? Good. You? Yeah, of course, you're doing good. You're bringing seven figures a year. <laughs> <laughs> Who's better than you? Nobody. Hey, listen, I know that um, I know that today is not a game day. And, you know, usually for the most part, one of the, the like the internal rules we have amongst ourselves is that if the Canadians play a game after the game, we'll open up the phone lines. And when they don't play a game, we don't usually get the calls. But I want to let you know that because this week they've been off. OK, and clearly we got ourselves some time here because we got about 23 minutes to go. I will take questions. We will answer the questions. But if somebody calls our toll-free number, will you patch them through to me? Yep, got to go set it up. Okay, you got to go set it up? Yep. Is this a huge inconvenience, or is this something that you can pull out here? I don't know. Okay, so if I, you know, how long will it take? If I throw out the number out there, we're ready to take calls in a couple of minutes or what? A minute, one minute. One minute. In a minute, I had a a son. All right, thanks, Yellow. We'll talk to you soon. All right, and there's the number up on the screen if you're watching right now on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live, or on YouTube Live. The number toll-free to call me, and it's pretty cool because you'll call. You'll say what your name is, where you're calling from, what you want to talk about, and chances are it's a yellow who's going to answer the phone, okay? Now, if, uh, if, if this uh, podcast brings a tremendous amount of pleasure to your life, okay, and, uh, and you have millions of dollars and, uh, you know, you want to add someone to your final will and testament. I mean, if you'd like to do that, I mean, by all means, if you want to call in yellow and say, hey, in yellow, let Tony know that I'm adding him to my will, um, you know, the way um, you know, the way it's happened for some people in life, by all means. I mean, I, uh, I'd be more than honored, right? If you, especially if you want to 
you know, leave me with a condo in Florida or with some millions. I mean, I would definitely appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in the meantime, I will continue to uh, to keep you company here on the Sick Podcast with pleasure, of course. The number is toll free. It's one eight 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 five eight five sick one eight 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 five eight five sick one eight 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 five eight five seven four two five. Now I'm going to get a bunch of people calling me saying, "Hey, you know what, Tony?" Uh, I will leave you in my will, and this is what I'm going to leave you. I'm, I wonder what people are going to leave me exactly. Please do more than what they did on Three's Company, where the gentleman who used to visit Janet's flower shop every day ended up leaving her a vase, which she thought was from the Wan dynasty. But then Larry broke it, and when they put the pieces together, they realized that it was not from the Wan dynasty. Um, it was, uh, it was uh, no, was it Larry that broke it? Or it was uh, it was Jack that broke it. I think it was Jack that broke it. But anyway, uh, anyway, it was uh, it was made in Taiwan, so it was uh, it was a fake. It wasn't worth anything. But uh, you know, unless you're my age and you never watched Three's Company, you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. And I just lost all of you right now. And I'm sorry if I did that. But if you want to call in to tell me what you'll leave me in your will, this could make for some great conversation too. We have Gabriel in Halifax. Gabriel, how are you? Hey, Tony, how are you doing? Very, very good. If you don't mind uh, me asking, well, how old are you? Uh, I'm 32 years old. Well, there goes leaving me in my will. I mean, I'm 50. I'm going to go before you, so I don't think there's anything you can do. <laughs> What's on your mind, Gabriel? Hey, so uh, you were talking about uh, the you know the prospect for the Oilers and you know what the, the return was uh, going to be for a guy like Edmonton. And uh, me and my buddy Randy, we by the way, we work on the the Navy base here, and uh, we have we're big Haps fans. We oh, really? The, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And we were talking Good. about you know the prospects and everything every every day. And uh, we were just exactly talking about a potential trade with the Edmonton Oilers like uh, this morning. And uh, Paul RV obviously was in the name, but the, the name that we came up was uh, Xavier Borgo. Uh, yeah, defenseman from the province of Quebec, right? Uh, yeah, 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 little kid from the queue. What do you think about that? Um, his name has come up because anytime we talk trade in the province of Quebec, there's a couple of players who come up. Xavier Borgo is, uh, is one. Oh, he's the centerman. He's the centerman, Xavier Borgo. Yeah. I was thinking of, uh, who's the one that I was thinking of? I was thinking of, uh, I know my my buddy Randy was talking about Bouchard. No, so Xavier Borgo obviously is uh yeah, he's 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 the centerman. Uh he plays in the American Hockey League. Uh his name has come up quite a bit in the uh, with the Canadians. Uh Jacques Pelletier, who's a winger with the Calgary Flames. Uh his name has come up quite a bit and uh you know, here in Montreal, whenever the Canadians you you're, you're going to hear trade you're going to hear of uh, Quebec-born players coming the other way, coming to the Habs, right? Uh, yeah, because I, I know uh, Patrick Arroy has, like, really, really good words for uh, Xavier in uh, Quebec City there with the Ramparts. Well, so, um, uh, well, he played – yeah, well, listen, but he didn't play for the Ramparts, though. Xavier played for Schoenigan. No, I know, I know, but, like, when he – Yeah, you know, he coached against them, obviously, uh, yes. In yeah. In the queue, right? Yeah, listen, I, I don't know – I don't know much about him in terms of what I think his ceiling can be, okay? Uh, he's not a number one centerman. 
don't think he's a number two centerman in the National Hockey League going forward either. So, I mean, what's his ceiling? I'm not that sure. I'm not that sure. You know who I thought you were talking about for a second? Who? who? Um, what's his name? Um, there's um, there's a player who was drafted um, this past year. Oh, Maverick Lamuter. I thought you were talking about Maverick Lamuter for a second. Yeah, who's who's the point. big? Who's the big? Who's the big, big defenseman who was drafted oh, yeah. by the uh, Arizona Coyotes? Right, yeah. six foot but seven. That, yeah, he's in That's when. Uh, Mom and dad were kissing in the stands and they zoomed in on them. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. they were. Uh, that was. Uh, uh, the, there. Uh, that was the last draft. Last yeah, time. that was the greatest kiss in the history of NHL drafts. Let me tell you, it was it was something good for them, by the way. Good for them. Um, yeah. Look, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about the ceiling. Though. I'm not sure about the ceiling of Borgo. Because I like, I'm looking at like, the two potential destinations that Pierre LeBron mentioned, and yeah, you know, there's LA Kings and uh, Edmonton, and to me, it seems like the LA Kings uh, prospect pool is a lot deeper than the Oilers one. So there's probably a lot more return that we can get with uh, with uh, LA than than the Oilers, in my opinion, anyway. You're probably right. Uh, we're going to think about this one right now. Xavier Borgo, uh, centerman, right-handed shot uh, in the American Hockey League. I'm not so sure the ceiling is uh, very, very high. I'm not so sure it is. But thank you for the phone yeah. call. We appreciate it. That was Gabriel in Halifax. And uh, thank you, Gabriel, for calling. And if the next caller... Uh, is older than me and is thinking of leaving me in the will, that would be even better. one 585 sick one 585 Do like Gabriel. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. You know, I run into people all the time, and they're like, yeah, you know what? I, I never got a chance to talk to you. I never got a chance to call you. But the first chance I get, you know what? I'm going to do so. Here's your chance. The Canadians are off. Their next game is on Saturday. We got about 15 minutes to go on the sick podcast. And if you like what you're hearing and you like what you're seeing so far, folks, share uh, the Facebook or the Twitter or the YouTube with your friends. Uh, hit the like button and comment sick, S I C K. And if tomorrow you're going to listen via Spotify uh, or Apple or Google or whatever, leave a five star review. I love Spotify. All right. And yellow and Sammy. You let me know when we have someone else calling us. They're probably on the phone right now. I once said to Agnello, I said, Agnello, why don't you patch in the calls faster? And he goes, well, I like getting into a conversation with people. So he's a, he's a pretty sociable guy, too. So you might even end up having a conversation with Agnello. Uh, we told you yesterday that we're going to hear from a WWE uh, performer uh, in the next week. We might actually even hear from two of them if all goes well. So I got word from the WWE. And I think we're working on something, which will be kind of cool. Throw out some comments, some questions if you want, or some callers. We'll get to the comments. We'll get to the questions. Do you think Mayu ever plays in a Habs jersey? This is coming from Ryan Baker. Yes, I do. Yes, I definitely do. I not only think he plays in a Habs jersey, I think he's going to be a pretty good player in the National Hockey League. I think his talent, it doesn't lie. He's good. And uh, he knows that he's not unanimous, that, uh, you know, some believe there are warts in his game. There's warts in everyone's game. It looks like it sounds like he knows what they are. Um, 
that hat trick last week that he scored, including the third one off of Michigan, it's very rare that you see six foot five, 220 pound defenseman picking up a puck behind the net and scoring a goal off of Michigan like that. I mean, the kids, the kids good. Bob in Greenfield Park. Bob, how are you? Very good. You? Very good. How old are you, Bob? I am sick. Going to be sixty-four. Going to be sixty-four. Okay. Should you go before me? Is there any chance you leave me in the will? I mean, do I bring pleasure to your life by doing this podcast at all? Or Tony, you might have to go on the bottom of my three grandkids, my two yeah. kids, uh, and my wife's Italian too. So there might be a little bit of a problem. Oh yeah, 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 Bob. <laughs> you know? Bob, I, I, you know what? Uh, it's a pretty good explanation. I can definitely understand that, Bob. So, yeah, you know what? No worry. No harm, no foul. I won't take it badly if I'm not involved in the will. Bob, all kidding aside, what's going on, my man? What would you like to talk to me about tonight? I was I was thinking of uh, Edmonton, Lajwa, uh, that when you were talking. But I also want to say about uh, your show is great. Uh, I listen to it almost every night I can. Thank you. I've been on pension for a long time, and uh, I've been watching you for or listening and watching you for a while. Thank you very and, much. Uh, keep on the great work, and you got a good team with you. Yeah, I and, definitely uh, do. Uh, Bob, I've surrounded myself with good people, and I think that's uh, that's the most important thing. You know, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I have a lot of trust and faith in Aniello and Sammy and Juliana, uh, who's uh, Sammy's sister, who does a, a really good and hard work behind the scenes as well. You know, behind the scenes, uh, they don't get the glory, but I'm glad you brought them up because uh, this is not one person. It's a team. And, uh, you know, I had, um, I had a big decision to make at one point. It was uh, continue doing what I'm doing, and I had been doing it for 20 years, and I didn't think I was going to get bigger than what I was. And I thought that, um, you know, it was that that was it. And I just saw a lot bigger for the podcast. I think the possibilities are endless. And uh, podcasting gives you a lot of flexibility. I mean, you don't have to be out every 12 or 13 minutes because you can go to commercials. So if you have uh, someone on who you think is very interesting and you want to stay for 30, for 40, for 45, for 50, for 55, for an hour, uh, you can do so. And you can, you know, they've given me carte blanche and they basically told me I can do whatever I want in the podcast, including asking people what they would leave me in their will. And uh, so I'm having a lot of fun, Bob. But, uh, you know, Agnello and I met for lunch earlier today, okay? And um, one of the things we talked about with this podcast is that, you know, we wanted to learn how to walk first, and we did. Then we wanted to learn how to walk a little bit quicker, And now I think, you know, we're speed walking, okay? Okay. And at one point, we want to learn how to jog. And then we want to learn how to run. And then we want to learn how to sprint. So we're already preparing, basically, what the next phase of our podcast is going to be, whether it's at the, you know, three months from now or six months from now. Uh, we want to do different things with the podcast, and we met today over a salad. We started brainstorming, and we got some pretty good ideas, and uh, it sounds like we know what we're going to do next. So it's slowly but surely, but we um, we know where we want to go, and we have a plan to get there, just like Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, right? They have a plan. They want to win the Stanley Cup. 
They have a plan. They're not going to deviate from their plan, and they believe if they stick to it, they get the best chance. Uh, they got a good chance of winning the cup, and we're doing the same thing with the podcast. Well, I think Gordon and uh, Hughes are on the same boat as you, getting the support from their, well, like you, your wife and your family supporting you, and you know, helping you go along, and and, and that big rah uh, uh, rah rah for you. Uh, as 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 Canadians, they have to change the a little bit of the philosophy because kids are um, have to be shielded a bit. They're still kids. The, the the young kids that are playing hockey, I still believe that they're young kids, uh, you know, and they have to be brought up slowly, taken care of, not to be psychologically and physically hurt. And uh, I think they're good people to work on, on a, a team like that. Yeah, uh, listen, um, obviously, um, Logan Mayu comes with a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. Have um, Without forgetting about the victim, because I think no one ever will, uh, are you comfortable with this player moving forward in a Montreal Canadiens uniform? Because, of course, after he was drafted, there was a lot of backlash, and a lot of people actually wanted the Canadiens to release him. They chose to hold on to him, and they said that they believe that they can be a better service to him if they help to rehabilitate him and end up trying to make a positive out of a very negative situation instead of releasing him. Um, are you are you comfortable with Logan Mayu in a Montreal Canadiens uniform going forward? He's a kid, and the culture in that room when it happened had to be adjusted it never it never is as long as i've been around you know uh, yeah the culture's usually been uh hidden so i mean that's why i say i think that hockey in general is going in the right way and forgiveness and realizing that we're bringing kids into minors and and hockey that are 13 14 16 18 year old if they're playing hockey as as much as they can they're, they're losing out on other stuff so we need to really promote that other stuff right yeah i mean uh you know i think it's like a family like i just said like you're bringing up your kids you know same thing right appreciate taking the time hey thanks so much for giving me a call much appreciated Uh, bob in greenfield park i'll meet you one day we have a mutual friend i'll meet you one day or something like that oh really eh? yeah so so you you can share with a mutual friend this by the way unless you want to keep it private Uh, he lives near you it's Derek cruising Oh, uh, Derek Kersey. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, Derek Kersey. I was talking to Derek Kersey earlier today. No rest for yeah. the chef. That's right. If you yeah. him again, D- Derek. Uh, no Uncle Bob. Yeah, I yeah. definitely. I'll let him know. I'll send him a note right after the show. Derek is a good we'll man. We'll, yeah, Derek and Danielle are friends of ours. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, there you have it, Thank Bob, in Greenfield Park. By the way, speaking of which, listen. You know, one head, uh, two heads are better than one. Three heads are better than two. Four heads are better than three. Uh, We're pretty humble people, even though I don't always sound like it, but it's kind of like part of like my persona type of thing. I just like to have fun every now and then. But um, if you have ideas for the podcast or you have special requests or there's things that you'd like to see, um, if there's things that you've, you've wanted for a while and we haven't been able to deliver yet, Email me, Tony at the sickpodcast.com. Tony at the sickpodcast.com. Uh, there you have it. 
Agnello, going forward, maybe we should put up the uh, my email address, right? And just put email me, Tony, at the sickpodcast.com. No problem. And I try and get back to as many emails as I can. Uh, I will tell you that I do read all of them. So if you're going to throw out an idea there that I think is pretty cool, I'll go to Agnello and I'll talk to him about the idea. If he thinks it's a great one, I'll tell him it comes from me. If he thinks it's a terrible one, I'll tell him that it comes from you. All right, okay, more questions, more comments, more phone calls at one 585 sick one 585 7425 I thought that was funny, too, by the way. Uh, do we have any other calls? If not, bring up some questions in yellow. McDavid is the no-brainer to win the Art Ross uh, for your hockey pool. Uh, would you pick McDavid to win a Game 7 over any other player? Would I pick McDavid to win a game seven over any other player? Well, you know, it'd be hard to argue with Crosby in the last 15 years to win a game seven. But, I mean, you take a look at the players now. If you had Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, or Connor McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, Malkin. Like, would you take Austin Matthews to win a game seven? You probably wouldn't because they've never won, right? Would you take Marner? You probably wouldn't because they've never won. I I wouldn't have any problem, you know, taking McDavid to win a game seven, even though he never has. But once again, folks, like, you know, Eric just said it. Like, it takes a team. Like, you can't win it by yourself. It takes a team. But let's just say, you know what? Your team was even to mine. My team was even to yours. And I had Connor McDavid on my team. I'd, I'd feel pretty good about my chances because I know that in your room, McDavid's up on that board and you're trying to come up with a game plan to shut him down. And if I have Connor McDavid, I'm going to play the, the, the living daylights out of him 25 minutes a game, knowing that the more he's on, the more you're going to try and defend against him, and the more I'm going to have the puck. And I think there's a better chance of me winning. I know he's never won, folks, but once again, if he had the team, he would. You know, if he played with Malkin and Latang and Marc-Andre Fleury and Jordan Stahl, he would have won a cup in Pittsburgh. You know, if he was there instead of Crosby. If uh, if he was with the Capitals instead of Ovechkin, I I, I believe he, they would have won the cup. If he was with um, the Chicago Blackhawks instead of Patrick Kane, I believe he would have won the cup. If he was with the Colorado Avalanche last year instead of Nathan McKinnon, I believe he would have won the cup. My opinion. We'll never know the answer to it, right? But, I mean, I mean, last year you probably could have made an argument that Kale McCarr, you know, could have given Connor McDavid a run for his money for the best player in hockey. But, I mean, McDavid's on the other side of the street right now. Like, he's he's on the other side of the street, and he's looking at everyone else, and he's like, guys. I'm over here. He's on the other side of the street. All right. Where are we going here? Hey, T, name your top three players on the Habs that will be traded by this year's deadline. My top three players on the Habs that will be traded before this year's deadline. Um, everyone knows that they'd want to trade Dadanov, Drouin. But if they can get something for them, maybe they can't. Uh, I'll go with Sean Monaghan. Will be one player that will be traded. 
I'll go with uh, Joel Edmondson. That will be another player that will be traded. And I'll go with... Um, Hmm. I'll go with Monaghan, I'll go with Edmondson, and I'll go with um, I'll go with uh, Jonathan Droy. Why not? I mean, I it's that's not an easy question. Um, Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman will be traded. Uh, let me so let me rephrase. I'll go with Monahan. I'll go with Edmondson, and I'll go with uh, I'll go with Chris Weidman. I think there's more chance of those guys getting um, getting traded more so than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I think it's going to go down. Uh, one or two more. We have the next French superstar on the roster. He's Raphael RV Pinard. I don't think Raphael RV Pinard is going to be a superstar in the National Hockey League. I do believe he's an NHLer. I do believe he's going to have a nice career. Uh, I do believe he's not going back to the. Um, well, he probably will go back to the American Hockey League because uh, you know they're going to probably play more significant games on the stretch than the Canadians. But when next season opens up, Raphael RV Pinard is going to be in the Montreal Canadiens. I I love this young man. Honestly, I do. I've 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 never met him before. Uh, he seems like the nicest kid in the world. Um, I hear he is. I know I've heard he comes from a great family. I know he's a he was a great student. He's just a perfect guy to look up to. If you're a young athlete, you look at him and you say, wasn't drafted the first time around, kept plugging away, love for the game passion for the game, never gave up, all heart. He's the type of guy who gives you an honest effort. Like when he wakes up every day, he can take a long look in the mirror. He can feel good about himself. And unfortunately, there's some players on this team who cannot say the same. And there's some players in the league who cannot say the same. Raphael RV Pinard is a real one. I don't want to put any pressure saying that he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he will. I hope he will. Um, I don't want to put any pressure saying that he's got to be a first liner going forward and be that and stuff like that. If he ends up being on the first line for an extended period of time, uh, well, then great for him. But, you know, it's not easy for kids from Quebec to play with the Montreal Canadiens because the expectations become very high. I'd like to make this kid breathe and breathe easily. And, uh, and I think it's going to serve him better, not only him, but all the other players who are from the province of Quebec. So I, I like him a lot. I really, really like him a lot. All right. On that note, I like all of you a lot as well. Hey, once again, if there's things you'd like to see from the sick podcast, if there's things that, um, if there's an idea that you have, if there's, uh, uh, you know, for example, for example, somebody wrote here and, uh, and, and this is the reason why I bring it up. I mean, you don't have to play program director. I think I have a pretty good idea with what I want to do with it. Uh, but at the same time, hey, if you have any ideas, why not? But uh, somebody wrote that they'd like to have, you know, uh, like to be able to assist if there was a live show, right? Well, you know, right now I'm doing the show from my house, right? I've set up a podcast studio in my home. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing assist any assisting in my home. 
uh, I'd be okay with it. My wife probably wouldn't be, but uh, but that's okay. Uh, no, but you know, it, it's not a very big home, so there's not too many people we'd be able to get in here. I, I've had people watch the podcast before in my house, by the way. But you know, if we're gonna have a live show, I'd like to be able to get you know, let's just say 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, maybe 50 people watch the show. So that's something to think of. I mean, I, I think it's something that I'd be open to, that Agnello would be open to, that Sammy and Juliana would be open to going forward. So. Uh, you know what? If 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 there's something like that, send me an email, Tony at the sickpodcast.com. Um, that's it. Uh, Mark Andre Perot is a regular on Wednesdays. I think he's probably going to end up joining me on Thursday this week. And if all goes well, maybe George Larac will join me tomorrow. And I'm just going to invert them. Why? Because Mark Andre Perot is on a ski trip, I believe, somewhere in the United States. I think he gets back late tomorrow night, so I might just invert him and George Larac, and we'll see if we can add someone else to the show as well. Once again, go on Google or Apple or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. We definitely appreciate it. It goes a long way. We'll love you for it. And uh, message sick, S-I-C-K. Like what you're watching. Share it with your friends. And, um, yeah, even though I joke very often, if uh, by any chance uh, you want to um, leave me in your will, I've always wanted to have a nice condo in Florida. Have a good night. Pretty sick podcast. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.